Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's in the trees. It's coming. A cloud of billowing smoke emerges amongst the trees, and the outline of a frightening demon protrudes from the fog. You turn to run. Panting and avoiding obstacles, you stumble, trying to lose this beast. In the back of your mind, you want to believe it's all in your head. Yet the precarious warning from a Satanist about this very night being the day of your death echoes in your head. This can't be real. This can't be real. A warm, moist breath hits your neck and a searing pain courses down your spine. This is... It Records. Welcome all you creatures of the night and welcome back to the podcast of It Records. Thank you for joining us. I'm one of your, your hosts, Matt Johnson, and I'm joined as always with my magnanimous and charismatic, always charming uh, co-hosts of the show. Thanks, thanks guys for being here. <laughs> You say those words a lot, but I don't know if you think it means what you think it means. What? Charismatic? Ever charming? Why are you arguing against the description? Because I just wanted to quote A Princess Bride. That no. I think I miss. I miss. I even misquoted it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if it did, it went right over my head. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like muscle memory. Those... Those adjectives describing you just come out. Ever charming. I can't even say. I can't even say the last one. Yeah, I can't even say that word. Magnanimous. Yeah, give, I'm not even gonna try. Give it a shot. The word. No, I'm not the type of person to sound things out and try and pronounce things. That's not my uh, cup of tea. All right, fair enough. Uh, it, it's just a fancy word, I think, for benevolent. Uh, so, you know. magnanimous. Oh, you think it's fancier? Oh. You, you think it's finite? It's fancier than benevolent. I think people are more familiar with benevolent than magnanimous. Like people might think magnanimous I, uh, is like a rock or something. Not everybody. <laughs> yeah, Check it's got magma. It's yeah. Oh, like metamorphic. I thought magma, but you know that makes, that makes no sense. Well, I think a metamorphic yeah. rock comes from like lava and mag- magma. At least I was on the right thought process there. Yeah. Welcome back to our podcast, Talking Rocks. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> It forms. That's what it's called. <laughs> oh, man. It's good. But this is It Records, our horror podcast, and we're watching... We're not watching it right now. We watched it. The 1957 movie, British film, Night of the Demon. It has been written since the beginning of time that evil supernatural creatures exist in a world of darkness and it is also said man can call forth these powers of darkness the demons of hell it is the night of the demon Tonight is the night that Dana Andrews, as a daring scientist, defies the mysterious murderous devil cult in a desperate battle against the demons of hell. Ah, why did you drop the poker? Red hot. Which isn't, you know. Oh, my boy, you're as pale as death. There was something in here. He has been chosen. I've been chosen for what? What do you mean? Today I found all the pages of my desk calendar torn out after October the 22nd. 
I know why. He died on the 22nd. John, what's the matter? The same thing happened to my desk calendar after the 28th. The frightened girl. The master of witchcraft. You will die, as I said, at 10 o'clock on the 28th of this month. Your time allowed is just three days from now. Skeptical? Don't make up your mind till you see this masterpiece of macabre magic. Because, after all, evil supernatural creatures really do exist. Pete, you picked this this week. It's Night of the Demon, correct? Okay. I mean, if you say Please so. Well, <laughs> it's got another name, so that's what's confusing. Right. And I think Night of the Demon is the original name, correct? That's the British version of it? Yeah, that's the name that it has now, but it was like when it was released, it had a different name, but like the original title like before the movie came out is Night of the Demon but then they changed it for the 50s and then like it's not the 50s anymore it's it's going to have the original title again yeah which was Curse of the Demon correct yes yeah okay i was really hoping i watched the right movie after i uh, had watched that movie if it was black and white movie with a demon that looked like it was just like on a trolley? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I yeah. it's like, or like little squeaky wheels. I feel like it was like riding a tricycle or something. It was like doo, 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 doo. Mm-hmm. But it looked cool, it looked like a cool puppet, but I always felt like it was just like coming in like on a tricycle or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a stop motion winged beast they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they called cuz in the American version, it's Curse the Demon, right? That's in Night of the Demons what it's referred to as now the original name yeah i think they might have renamed if they probably renamed it for american audiences as we as we do for things for some reason i i did a little uh research into that and i think the reasoning they changed it from night of the demon was because like this was a build as a double feature like they showed it with two movies that was pretty common i guess in the 50s you get a ticket and see two films and night of the iguana was like a big production from the studio who made it so they're like we don't want to confuse people so we'll just put curse in front of it they didn't want two night of movies they're like oh we can't do that yeah. <laughs> people will be too confused by two night movies yeah yeah so for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with night of the demon the 1957 film it's directed by a jacques Trenier Trenier Jacques Trenier, a French director, and it, the film follows uh, an American professor, John Holden, uh, played by Dana Andrews, when he arrives in London for a parapsychology conference, only to find himself investigating the mysterious actions of a devil worshipper, Julian Carswell. So that's, that's the basic synopsis of the 1957 film, Night of the Demon, or Curse of the Demon, whichever you feel more comfortable with. As long as it says 1957, that's the movie we watched. That whole year, you know, if you you watch the movie from nineteen fifty seven, it's that movie. And that was the only movie that came out in fifty seven, Night of the Demon. It's a tough year. Yeah. 
Now, Pete, I wanted to... You picked the film this week, and I thought it was interesting because the director is Jacques Trenier, who also is known for doing RKO films with Val Luton, such as I Walk With a Zombie and Cat People, which, if I'm recollecting correctly, if I recall correctly, um, you uh, destroyed Cat People that we did earlier, correct? Did I? I honestly, we're going back a long time now. That's like, that was like the yeah. third or fourth movie we did. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I thought I, def- no, no, I didn't, because I defended for a really long time. I was on a defense streak for a very long time, so I did not destroy it. You did not destroy it. Yeah, the first movie I destroyed was the high school reunion one, I believe. Was it okay? It's called uh, "Most Likely to Die." Yep. Or our episode, One Killer Reunion, if you're looking to listen to that. Um, okay, then I stand corrected. I recalled, I just, were you, a, were you a huge fan of Cat People, or you had your hesitations with it? That was... I think I had my hesitation. What I did for that one is that I watched mm-hmm. the that one and the sequel back to back. And I think I said I liked the sequel better. Is what, And I think that's what it was. I just like shed on the first one a little bit more because I liked the sequel more. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Lindsay, have you seen Cat People? Or... <clears throat> I... I remember seeing Cat People in that uh, horror film class that we had. But that was like four years ago. So I might as well have not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, it's very fair. Yeah. It's been a minute. I forgot we watched that one in there. I think I watched mm-hmm. I Walk With Zombie for a presentation in that class. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm a big Val Luton fan. I talked about him in an earlier mini episode i can't believe you guys took that class and i didn't i know it would have been perfect for you yeah pete we were it was were you guys of... in the same class too yeah yeah wow <laughs> same class just 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 rubbing it in my face even more yeah hey man if you'd picked a minor mm-hmm. i didn't want to be in i didn't want to be in school forever <laughs> yeah. yeah but you couldn't watch horror films with us it was great. Yeah, I mean, I just did that in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know why I picked this movie, to be honest. Like, uh, so this is another shout out to the streaming service Shutter. Is that uh, every so often when I look at it, I would see this movie and I'm like, oh, the cover is pretty cool. And it's from the fifties. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen too many of those movies, and that's the reason why I wanted to watch it because I haven't seen too many horror movies from the fifties. It's very, very low number. Mm. But the funny thing is, I definitely fell asleep during this movie, and I watched it in the afternoon. I watched it like at fucking eleven a.m. and I snoozed real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 15 minutes of me, like, fighting my, you know, my eyes from, like, trying to prevent him from falling asleep. And then just falling asleep for, like, a half hour. And then I woke up for, like, the end of the movie. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Was it the slow pacing that might have got you? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, 
I usually have a pretty high tolerance for like stuff like that, but I guess not that day. It just it just snoozed me to this lulled me to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of Trenier films, um, what he does, they're they're almost like film noir, and I I think I said that with Cat People. Yeah, it was and, very it was very of that type of genre. Yeah, where they use they're black and white, so that lends itself well to the film noir. But it uses a lot of like black and whites and shadows and that slow pacing to sort of build the atmosphere. And they do that. That slow pacing can take a lot, a lot of time for that build up. And I could see someone maybe like like get on with it already. And this is not a long movie. It's very short. Yeah, it's like ninety five minutes, I believe. Yeah, did we all watch the 95-minute version? Like the hour and a half? I think yes. mine was shorter than that, honestly. I think you watched... The 83-minute? Yeah. Did you see really? Dr. Holden at Stonehenge at all? Yes. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. Because like, I, I, wa- like, I watched it on Shutter, so whatever version they had... And I would imagine oh. that they would try and go for. They're the type of service that would go for the, like director's cut or the the most complete cut. Mm-hmm. I could see them like that being their goal. But I remember it being. I don't remember it being like an hour and a half. But I couldn't. It's also been a while since I watched it. <laughs> we we were delayed for a little bit, but uh, yeah. I don't remember it being long, but I also remember it being very long because I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. The Night of the Demon is like an hour, hour and a half, hour and thirty five, and then the American version when they released it, it's like eighty two or eighty three, because they wanted to make it seem like more fast paced, more intense. But I would assume any version we watch today is the original. I mean, I don't think they would give us the hour and twenty minute movie. Unless, but, like, pe- people preferred it, maybe. I don't know. I could see them if you, like, have, like, the DVD ver Like, they have, like, both versions, possibly, on the on the DVD. I could see that happening. Yeah, and speaking of the DVD, I, I thought I did some research, and it the DVD... Let me see. Yeah, the DVD of this movie didn't uh, come out until 2010. Which seems oh, like... Wow. Seems really late for a release, and the VHS didn't come out till like almost the nineties. So it was just basically, I don't know, if you could find it on the internet, but the internet wasn't big then. So just trying to find it playing somewhere. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we can talk about the plot a little bit, just so people can get some understanding of what this movie is i don't think we mentioned though it's also based off a book called casting of the ruins correct Mm. yeah so it's it's based off this loosely based off this book and it centers around mr holden dr holden who's a psychologist who's essentially a skeptic of anything that's paranormal the whole theme of this movie and our first scene is meeting this mr carswell fellow who is i don't know if he's a doctor but he seems like a rich mansion type guy and he seems to have some sort of a cult, some Satanist book that he can call spirits from the realm, or demons, if you will. And Dr. Harrington is saying he's going to expose him, who is a character we just meet at the beginning of the film. And 
shortly then after Dr. Harrington leaves, Mr. Carswell and is killed by a demon who emerges from the fog. And then opening credits, Night of the Demon. Which that that opening scene, which has Dr. Harrington being killed by the demon, he was ripped to shreds. Police say it was electrocution. Yada yada yada. Which I would, <laughs> which he was being electrocuted, but did not die. He was like on top of his car, and this like those power lines were going to town. But he wasn't. He, he was like, I'm, I'm still fucking alive. And then he just ripped to shreds by that monster. We don't see any of that, but he, I, I think he was ripped to shreds. Yeah, we're led to be- let, that. believe that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember that part. It's a pretty iconic part. Yeah, because we, like, right from the get-go, get to see this demon um, emerge out of nowhere. But also a key thing in that first scene is uh, Dr. Harrington has this parchment. That's kind of a key asset to the plot. Um, He has this parchment that has some sort of cryptic writing on it. Now, we don't really know what it is, but it was passed to him by uh, Dr. Carswell. And something foreboding, which we'll learn about later, but that's the first sign we see of this parchment. And then we, we see the uh, John Holden, Dr. Holden, who's a psychologist, an American psychologist. Uh, all, all the while this is taking place in London, correct? Or at least England somewhere. Yes. Yeah, somewhere in England for sure. Mm-hmm. I believe it is London. Yeah, and so Holden comes over, and he, and he was associates with Harrington. They're working on something together. And so he's basically coming over for the funeral, I believe, of Dr. Harrington, correct? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where he meets up with Harrington's niece. daughter, niece, which niece. I thought was yeah. weird. Yeah, it was a weird relationship. Like one Holden with a niece, I guess that's okay because of course you can have a love interest. But the fact that she's like, "I loved my uncle," I was like, "Really?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty spirited about it. Like, like, like it was her father's. Maybe, maybe he raised right. her. I don't know. But that, yeah, we don't have too much background. It was a very yeah. strong reaction for an uncle, if I may say so. No, it definitely seems like that. It, it's as Lindsay said. You don't get really a backstory into them at all. We just meet her at the funeral, and I think Holden's like, does Holden call her out, or? It's like very abrupt where he's like, Oh, you're you're so and so And they're like, Alright, let's work together and they kind of Yeah. Yeah, I think it Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I I I think I was like after that part is when I was starting I was starting to doze. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like my my little eyelids were just like, Oh, they're getting real heavy. So maybe you could fill me in on what happened because I didn't bother rewinding. <laughs> I just, I just like after I woke, I think I, I want to say that like I watched it for fifteen minutes, f- fought trying to fall asleep for ten minutes, and I want to say I fell asleep for a solid half hour, 
and then I watched the rest of the movie. That's what I want to say happened. And I woke up at the part where they, like, woke up a guy from a trance. Oh, okay. And then... That's when I say I want to woke up. Because I remember that part pretty vividly. That's a pretty pivotal point to wake up, so... I'm glad they hit it. I think... I think someone was, like, screaming, and I was like, what the hell is going on? I was just, you know, really dazed and confused. (laughs) (laughs) So, and you fell asleep during, like, right after that funeral scene, you're saying? I I think when we met met the the guy that was giving out the parchment paper. Uh, Dr. Carswell? Yeah, I remember him being a clown, but I feel like that was later in the movie. Uh, It's a little bit later, but pretty close. I think... Okay. I think what happens. I remember that part. I think what happens next, and you can stop me whenever you know this stuff, is meets Joanna, and then he kind of meets with Doctor Harrington's associates, who said they were coming on to like these ideas of a satanic cult, and they thought Carswell was behind it, and they wanted to expose it. And Holden's like, no, 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 no. It's science. Science is everything. Supernatural stuff is is wonky, and that's his character. It's malarkey. Yeah. So you you saw that scene. I did see that okay. scene. And then. I believe Holden wants to do some research, goes to the British Museum, uh, library, whatever, to find this book on satanic cults. I forget the exact name I think of that's it. where, I think that's where I fell asleep. Because I, like, you know, kind of remember that part. Mm-hmm. But after that is, like, nothing. nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, that point is kind of pivotal in the storyline because they don't have the copy of the book that he's really looking for. And he meets Carswell. Carswell shows up. And he knows Holden's name, and he kind of is almost, I feel like, admitting that he has connections with this other realm. And Holden's like, no, you're just making stuff up. And Carswell passes on a parchment to him. That's kind of key. Uh, he secretly passes on a parchment to Holden that eventually will say, in three days you're going to die. Mm. So that happens in that library scene. Yeah, I, I got that. He he gave him the parchment paper, and I knew mm-hmm. that was uh, no good. Mm-hmm. But I think like that's like at that part, I was just like, "Oh man, getting pretty tired here." <laughs> yeah. So, as someone mm-hmm. who fell asleep, how did how how did how were you guys reacting to this movie? Were, were you guys mm-hmm. engaged? The opposite of I was because I clearly. Was not at yeah. this point. Um, it's not the kind of movie I would seek out on my own to watch. Um, but that being said, it held my attention pretty well for not being something that I would normally pick. Um, so I would say, yeah, for the most part, I was pretty, I was not checking, you know, how much time was left in the movie, which is something I usually do. Um, <laughs> and yeah I thought you know the story was very well told which I'll get into that more with my uh, Defender Destroy but um, yeah for me I think it was yeah I thought it held my attention pretty well cool and I think I'm biased to some extent but my answer is going to be because I, I did a whole mini episode on Val Luton in a blog and Turnier does his movies so yeah. I like this style uh, especially with horror like that well, they, they do a lot with film noir techniques of using the shadows to kind of 
uh, foreshadow things in the future or show, you know, what are the intentions of a character and kind of hide certain elements as well as they use a lot of Freudian influences to kind of subliminally make you feel uncomfortable or think a certain way in scenes. He did that in Cat People a lot. So it kept my attention because I, I really enjoy those type of films. I, and I had never seen it. This is my first time watching it, and I'm a big fan of Trinier. Yeah. Trinio. I think I'm mispronouncing his name. Yeah. Or it's called T. Director who works with Val Luton. Mm -hmm. The Frenchman. Yeah. So, I guess, Pete, to catch you up to where you were in the movie, essentially... Joanna shows Holden the diary that Harrington had. We figure out Holden has a parchment, and if it burns in a fire, like that means you're, like you're marked. So like the parchment's trying to like always go towards a fire. Is what I got. Like forces are moving it to a fire. I did. Okay. I did see that part. That, that's pretty. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that I guess that's part of it, and then that's a big chunk. Uh, there's one witness to Harrington's murder, which is the guy you saw being in the trance. But before that, he goes and meets with mm, his family, okay. who like all believe in the supernatural, and they see his parchment, and they're like, oh, you're marked. Uh, you're marked by this whatever and whatnot, this occult. They act kind of cult-like, was the impression I got. Yeah, and, and the way they were even framed in that shot was like very, I don't know, it was creepy for me. They all, they were... It seemed like he was, like, surrounded or they were, like, encroaching on him, just the way they were framed. They weren't moving at all, but, like, they were in this, like, little cottage-type thing, and they looked like they were very menacing towards Mr. Holden. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But they noticed he was marked, so they knew exactly what that parchment was. And... Those superstitious yeah, country it folk. Seems, it was an interesting thing for me with this film, is that everybody, like, Joanna, Harrington, Carswell... Harrington's associates, everybody in the film was like on board for the supernatural. Like they all believed that was what was going on the whole film. But Holden's the only skeptic. And it kind of, I don't know, anchors us to reality a little bit that, you know, maybe nothing is going on. But everybody else is like, yeah, this is a demon the whole time. So we all Mulder and Scully yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, wrapping up the plot, Pete, you see the guy, that's the guy who witnessed Harrington's murder, comes up from the trance, and in his trance, he basically says, a parchment was passed to me, that I was going to die in, in a certain amount of days, just like Holden, his was three days, he was going to die, I forget what exact date, but he said, I passed the parchment on to my brother without him knowing, and he died. So that's the only way you can lift the curse, is passing the parchment that was given to you secretly to somebody else. And Holden's like, awesome. Thank you so much. I know what I have to do now. <laughs> I got this <laughs> shit. So he's going to pass it to most likely Carswell, which is at the end. We kind of see this train sequence where Carswell has hypnotized Joanna to come with him. And it plays out where, and you've seen this, I'm guessing, right? Okay, yeah, where Holden ends up slipping to Carswell, his parchment, secretly. And for the second time, we see the demon appear. And it 
and it kills Carswell. And it was equally as terrifying like, oh, he... as the first mm-hmm. time, I think. He got hit by the train. Everyone thinks he got hit by the train. And then, like, he went to check out the body, and he's just like, some things are just not worth checking yeah. out. Basically. Or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was supposed to be, like, his character arc of everything has a reason, and everything is, um, you know, can be found in science or psychology. And he started to walk over there to, like, check it out, and then he backed away, and he was like, you know what? Uh, let's not check it out because he was I think it was him saying you know what maybe I'm going to believe in some of this superstitious stuff like I, I kind of buy into it mm-hmm. even though he never saw the demon correct I yeah, don't think so that's he did that line kind of has a significance I want to say whoever has the parchment paper is the person who sees the demon oh okay yeah, I think that's it's funny. invisible to everybody else that's what I want to say, because, like, I feel like the cops mm-hmm. would have said something. Didn't say, like, it was the train. That makes sense. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. Not too shabby for a person who fell asleep <laughs> halfway through the movie. Yeah, you got you got some good points, Pete. You bring it. <laughs> yeah. My, uh... <laughs> the lint in my eye. No, what is it in your eye? Uh, sand in my eye? Sand yeah. man, whatever. Mm-hmm. Makes you tired. <laughs> I was just rubbing it off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What is that? Is that a demon?" <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if you guys came upon this in any of the research if you looked at it, but we see the demon at the beginning and the end of the movie when it kills. The only two times the demon mm-hmm. kills. Yeah. The original cut of this film by Trenier was to never show the demon it yeah. was meant he he, had, he he actually filmed it with the writer I believe his name was Charles Bennett where they didn't ever show the demon but these people died because they wanted to leave it up always to the viewer that maybe there is no demon there is no supernatural to this people will have to make it up for themselves if they believe Holden's side or if they believe there is some superstition but after all production had finished I believe his name, last name is Chester, the producer. And if anybody has more details, feel free to stop me at any point. Uh, he put the the demon in afterwards without Trenier's approval or knowing. That's crazy. And he was super pissed. And Bennett, the writer, said he's he was like quoted as saying, "If uh, Chester ever came up to my driveway, I'd shoot him dead where he stands for doing that." <laughs> Oh my Those god! Fighting words. Yeah, apparently there was some hostility on the set the whole time between you know those two guys, the director, the writer, and the producer. Yeah. But also, uh, Dana Andrews, who is Doctor Holden, our, our lead man in the film, and a lot of the stuff that got put in that Trenier wanted only happened because Dana Andrews was like really adamant on his side. He would say mm-hmm. he'd leave the production if they didn't start giving like Trenier these things he wanted. Like that that whole wind scene with Doctor Carswell, uh, where he conjures up that storm with Doctor Holden, that almost didn't happen uh, because the producers didn't want to, like I don't know, invest all the money in that that set unless Dana, Dana Andrews almost walked. So yep, there's some production notes for Night of the Demon. I was really confused about that part. Which one? 
like the clown guy yeah. who is just like showing his black magic i guess mm-hmm. i feel like i don't know maybe i was just thinking about it in two of a modern sense but like i wanted to like maybe go a little bit more into like the cult behind it i thought that would have been interesting and like i like the idea of not seeing the demon and like maybe more focus on the cult would have been kind of cool no yeah i agree i agree with that i thought that's where it kind of was headed but it really focused on him a lot well not even carswell who's the the lead satanist but it focused on holden's beliefs in you know the supernatural or not and yeah. it would have been cooler if we could have seen you know other members of the cult or you know how they function together that would have been pretty interesting because I feel like I feel like if you what were you going to say oh I was saying I feel like that's kind of how it was marketed or billed when I was like reading the synopsis I feel like it would just it, it would fit well with the story too like I don't know maybe just like they didn't really do that in the 50s and maybe it's just like a little too soon um Kind of seems more like an 80s thing to do, maybe. More focus on the cult, but I feel like it would be a more interesting story if they, like, took out the demon. Even though he looked cool, I liked how he looked, but the fact that he was only in the beginning and the end, he didn't really, like, add much to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, But if they had, like, more focus on the cult, I thought that would probably enhance the story and then if they added like a couple more mysterious deaths that would like really amplify the story but i know that's like was probably pretty taboo at the time to have so many people die true yeah especially for like yeah the 50s a horror film with like a because like two people two people died Mm -hmm. well like if you had like two more was it three well the the one guy who was hypnotized jumped out the window Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a little... Three's, you know, that's decent for a 50s movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you had, like, two more, like, mysterious deaths, I don't know. I think maybe, like, what I wouldn't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep you engaged a little more. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really have much to say about it since I saw maybe a collective of 40, about 40 minutes. <laughs> and I think we talked about most of the stuff. I mean, talking about the film noir elements of it and, you know, uh, the plot line and the demon, yada, yada, yada. But there are some pop culture references <laughs> From this, it seems like it, it. I would say it's a cult following. I don't think many people know it in the mainstream Night of the Demon, but it's a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. Critics seem to enjoy it, and it has, it has its following. Is it? I'm sure. Uh, two of the references I I picked up. One is from a movie we have done on this podcast. They reference something from this this movie. And I only knew that after doing some extensive research on this film. I did not pick up on it during our viewing of the... I'm trying to think what, what we did that came out before this, and it's Cat People is only it's a, a, it's coming to mind. It's after this film. so it. So, oh, it's after so, this. Yeah, some other movie 
used a reference from this film. Like they something gotcha. from this film, yeah, and used it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an '80s movie. No, they did what? Yeah, it's a slapstick one, Pete. And I don't think Lindsay was on on the podcast Wait, yet. They did it. They did it for the Tom Hanks one. They sure the, did. The Burbs. The Burbs. The Burbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they are downstairs in the basement, and his neighbor and Tom Hanks are talking about, you know, he think they think they're in a sat- satanic cult next door, right? Mm-hmm. He pulls out a book, and the title of the book, I believe, is something "Theory and Practice of Demonology," and the author is written by none other than Julian Carswell, which is Ooh. our our villain in this movie, the guy who leads that cult. What a what a deep cut! That is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a reference to Night of the Demon Satanic Cult. I love the Burbs. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a fun movie. It sure is. Yeah, I think it's still on Netflix. Oh it, no, it's not. It's not anymore. Yeah. It's been off for a while. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Well, for anybody wishing to watch this movie, I know it's online. Like, I think I watched it on Vimmo or YouTube. If you ever want to try to catch Night of the Demon, it's you can watch it pretty easily. Shutter. It's on Shutter. That's how I it's watched on Shutter. it. It's on Shutter. Yeah. So I, actually. It was. I tried looking for it to see how long it was, and I couldn't find it. So it, may, it might be off of Shutter now. So I may have lied, okay. but it was at Shutter at one point. Okay. So yeah, it's pretty accessible to find if you're looking to watch it. Which I, uh, I'm not gonna say if I recommend it yet because we're not to defend it. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. All right, I'll do it. The uh, time has come. Yeah. I think you can pick up on where I'm going with mine. I'm defending it. Um, I feel the same way as I did when I watched Cat People and I was pleasantly surprised by this because I had never seen it nor was I really aware of it I, I think those elements of really subtle horror of using light and shadow to build an atmosphere and not using really jump scares or a loot and bus if you will which is where the term originated from to really you know scare people or use the demon to like use blood and guts to scare people it really built an atmosphere around it just through film techniques and you know Freudian influences on the images you used, that's what that's what I like. That's what I'm into, and I defend it. I'll uh, echo you on that. Uh, two thumbs way up for me. Um, I think the story is very well told. I think uh, Danny Andrews and then the, the guy who plays Carswell. Um, I think their acting was like really good, um, in particular. And uh, it's been said that this movie paved the way for later movies like Rosemary's Baby and The Wicker Man. Um, so it's almost like one of those things where it's like, well, you know, it makes you wonder if those movies have been the same as they were and had the, you know, response that they did if there wasn't this one that came before it. Um, it's got that very, like, film noir feel to it, very shadowy, and I think the director accomplishes establishing the mood very well in this film. Um I definitely kind of felt that, like, sort of ominous dread while watching it. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a different from me. Cool. And I'm surprised that you guys liked it as much as you did. Because <laughs> you're like... <laughs> oh. I mean, like, I, I feel like I can't really say a whole lot about this movie because... What about the 40 minutes really... you saw? 
But the 40... <laughs> man, those 40 minutes, they were fucking solid. Uh, <laughs> I I guess I defended for this because it just, it's really, just really cushioned my head. It, um, it's really like, if you want a movie, put on the background, it makes you fall asleep and you wake up in the middle of it because you hear screaming. You're like, what the fuck is going on? That's This is your kind of movie right here. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed fine. Like, it definitely, I would say, like, even though I'm still defending it because I feel like I don't have enough against it to destroy it, um, I still would say, like, the downfalls is that it is, like, really slow. But I think that kind of comes with, like, the time. So I kind of, like, have to realize that, like, I haven't watched, like, a 50s movie in a really long time, so may- maybe that is the problem. Like, I haven't been used to too much fast-pacedness of, like, today's movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm so. being harsh on it, but, like, also trying to overlook the things, even though it had a lot going wrong for me as only watching, like, half the movie. <laughs> Right, so that's, was, or, le- or less, depending on what cut I saw. <laughs> true, yeah. You didn't watch the night, 1980s Night of the Demon, which I almost watched. And I, <laughs> right. I didn't even... I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> yeah, I, I originally Googled like Night of the Demon when you uh, messaged us, and the first yeah. one's 1957, and the next one's 1980. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I think I was specific. You were about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think before then we we kind of wrap it up for this week's episode. I wanted to make one more uh, reference that it, in pop culture besides the burbs it was in. I'm sure we have some Rocky Horror Picture Show fans out there, people who have seen it on the podcast, and that first song they sing at the beginning, the science fiction double feature. Song at the very beginning has a lyric to this song. I mean, this movie. I apologize. Yeah, it's exclusively <laughs> exclusively referencing Dana Andrews, who's the Doctor Holden. So the the lyric Dana Andrews said prunes gives him the ruins, and passing them used lots of skills. It's a reference to passing out that parchment in Night of the Demon. So there's another reference for you, man. Horror movie writers are just a bunch of fucking nerds, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just making references to movies that no one has seen. Yeah, and that they love. That's <laughs> yeah. all they do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that wraps it up this week for the It Records podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. We'll be back over the airwaves next week with a new episode for you. Get on Facebook or Twitter or any of our social media and let us know if you want us to watch any certain movies or any mini-episode ideas because we love hearing from you. And we're going to have a contest out soon. going to have a contest out for you soon so you guys can you know, get on and contest away. But We've been building it up for a long time now. <laughs> yep. lots of hype. We're just, just making that hype happen. It's going to knock your socks off this then, until next time, I am Matt Johnson. Now we're made in the shadows. I'm Peter Hansen, and I stayed awake during the whole time of recording this podcast. This is Dark, and, uh, good night, everyone. <laughs>